Second Chronicles chapter 34, verse 15. We are going to do our best to follow after God. I think I might be a little slow, so just bear with me. Second Chronicles 34, 15. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Scripture reads... I'm in the King James Version. Thank you, Brother Nathan Moreno. Don't y'all love Brother Nathan Moreno? I think I heard his mama down here. <laughs> Great young man. Scripture reads, And Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan. Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan. So with the help of the Lord this morning, we are going to talk for just a little bit along the lines of this thought. Find the book of the law. Find the book of the law. So if you could put your Bibles down, if you could close your eyes, raise your hands, I'm going to ask our bishop to pray over the word this morning. In the name of Jesus, Lord, your presence is already manifest in this place. We feel your presence even in the title of this message. I'm asking God that your hand would rest upon your female servant. Allow her to give your counsel or the counsel of your will to this body today. God, I pray this word fall on good ground. Let it prosper where you send it today. And God, I take authority over any distractions, whether human or demonic. And I'm asking, oh God, on your command as you see fit, allow your angels to minister in this place today. We give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. And you put your hands together, a hand clap of praise as you are seated. I've been reading in several areas in the Bible. And uh, I was in the area this this past week where it's just dwelling on the backsliding of Israel. And I was like, oh, Lord, Jesus. So then I started reading in the other section of the Bible that I am in, in the New Testament, trying to see if the Lord is going to give me something from that context. And everything just kept falling back to this time of warning to the nation of Israel. And so the Lord impressed upon me this scripture. And I know I have given some background before. And so you are probably, if you haven't fallen asleep in the times that I've ministered, this will sound a little familiar. And um, it will sound a little bit familiar from Wednesday night, the context of this set of scripture. I want to give you the background on this king 
that is in reign at this time in 2 Chronicles chapter 34. Hilkiah is there, Shaphan is there. But the king at this time is King Josiah. And if you are familiar with the scriptures, you will recall that King Josiah was one of those kings that was very young when he started to reign. He was only eight years old. But his childhood and his one of his forefathers was King Hezekiah. And that may sound a little familiar to you. If you recall, King Hezekiah started out doing right. God used King Hezekiah. He he did as best as he could. And then there came a certain point in time and he started to get distracted and got a big head and and he ended up stumbling. But that is one of the forefathers of King Josiah. Immediately before King Josiah is his father, King Ammon, A-M-O-N. And King Ammon did evil. He only reigned two years. Doesn't matter how long you do evil. It will always get you in the end. Sin, the result is death. And so Ammon reigned two years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And there came opportunity as God is always faithful to give, to humble himself. But the scripture is very specific in telling us that he did not humble himself before the Lord. Before King Ammon is King Manasseh. He was an evil king and he did reign 55 years. He too was young when he started out. He was 12 years old when he began to reign. But the scripture says that he did evil like the heathen, the heathen being people that are not God's people. He built high places that Hezekiah had broken down. He reared up altars for Balaam. He made groves. He worshiped the host of heaven. You're not supposed to have any other God, but the one God. And he knew better. He caused his children to pass through the fire. He took on the customs and the traditions of worship and sacrifice that the people around him performed. This was something that God spoke strictly against. King Manasseh set up a carved image in the house of the Lord. And he caused Judah and Jerusalem to err. And it became so bad that the scripture says that they did even worse than the heathen. I want to remind you, though, that you cannot be made to do anything. The problem is when we surround ourselves with the wrong things and the wrong people and the wrong voices that we open up ourselves to, you can then be enticed to go down the wrong path. And that is what happened with Judah and Jerusalem. 
there was a stumbling block before them in their king. And they did not make a stand. Instead, they allowed themselves to be enticed down an evil path of serving other gods. So this is King Josiah's lineage. He has good and he has bad. And yet at the age of eight years old, this young man made up his mind to serve God. The scripture says in 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 1 through 2, 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 1 through 2. Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. He reigned 30 and one years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jedediah, the daughter of Adiah of Baskath. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in all the way of David, his father, and turned not aside to the right hand or to the left. Eight years old, he began to reign. Second Chronicles 34 Verse 1 through 2. And we will go back and forth, I believe, between 2 Kings 22 and 2 Chronicles 34. 2 Chronicles 34, verse 1 reads, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David, his father, his forefather, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. If you hop down to verse three, for in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. While he was yet a boy, somewhere he was between the age of infancy to adolescence. He was a child. He was not an adult. But yet at that age, he still made up his mind to pursue. He said, let me seek after. Let me frequently ask and inquire of God. Let me search him on a daily. Let me seek him out and pursue what is right in his eyes. He began to seek after the God of his father. He may not have had a direct representative in front of him showing him the way, but somewhere along the line, there had been some measure of faith put in his heart and he began to draw on it and say where is the God of my fathers what is pleasing to him how can I serve him to the best of my ability young people doesn't matter if you have the ability to understand if you have the ability to recognize 
right and wrong. God is calling you at this age to make a stand. You may have people in your family that live one way at home and one way in the church, but that does not excuse you from living for God. God puts a calling upon you from the very beginning. And there has been a recognition in this church when God moves on young people. Young people are not held back in this church. You have to be of the right spirit and you do have to be submitted. But the young people in this church are supported. And I want to tell you, it doesn't matter if you are having to fight some things at home. I'm telling you in this day and age that we live in right now, there better be a pursuit of God. It doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter how young you are. You better pursue him every chance you get. You better pursue him in your mind when you're at school you better pursue him in your job when you're around co-workers there better be the thought of God in your mind this was the environment that Josiah grew up in and yet the scripture says that he sought God. He didn't just look for him. He went after him. The God of David, his father. Scripture goes on to say, and in the 12th year, he began to purge. Sometimes, the Lord wants to see how serious you are before he starts to reveal himself to you. The revelations that come from relationship don't come from a sacrificial relationship. It comes from a depth of relationship. And so the scripture, if my math is correct, it's about four years later that he begins to purge. Somewhere in his pursuit of God, he got a revelation that what we are doing is not right. What we are doing, it's, it's not what God had spoke for us to do. It's, it's not according to his commands. It's not according to his statutes. And, and though he was 12 years old, as a leader, he began to make a stand and said, let us purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. And you can continue to read down how much he began to purge the land around him. You see more of this detail in Second Chronicles than you do in Second Kings. Verse 4 through 7, I'm going to paraphrase. They broke down the altars of Balaam. There was images that were set up. He broke them in pieces to the point that they were made of dust. And this is what he did. He strode it upon the graves of those that had sacrificed unto those images. He was serious. The stance that you take cannot be questioned. 
you have to leave no doubt in the enemy's mind that I am going to absolutely destroy this idol that has been put into my house so that you know that there is only one God in my life that I will serve. He burnt the bones of the priests upon their altars. Those priests that did evil in serving other gods, priests that knew better. He cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. He did this in Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon. He did this in all these cities around about. And when he had done that, he returned back to Jerusalem. So now we get down to verse 8 through 13. And we see that Josiah is now in his 18th year of being king. Because he's purged the land around him. He's purged his house. Now he is sending to repair the house of the Lord. Sometimes we have to make sure that when we are in the house of God and we lift up our hands in prayer and we say, Lord, I'm going to make things right. It's not enough to just do it here, but you have to do it at home. In fact, that's probably where you should start. In the land where you dwell, you've got to make sure there are no idols, there are no false images, there are no other voices speaking into your life from at home because you can camouflage yourself when you're here in the house of God. But when you're at home, your family sees how you are. Your friends, your coworkers see how you are. And your testimony that you think is so vibrant in the house of God is naked out there. God sees everything. You cannot hide it from him. So now Josiah, he's purged the land, purged his house. He's sending now to repair the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah is the high priest. This is the Hilkiah we just read about in our text. He's the high priest that's given money that's taken up from the remnant of people that are left. This is throughout Israel, throughout Judah, the tribe of Benjamin. There are remnants from that tribe. Now the scripture says that this money is put into the hand of the workmen that had oversight of the house of the Lord. If you can turn to 2 Kings chapter 22, we will read verse 3 through 7. 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 3 through 7. And it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah that the king sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, the scribe, to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah, the priest, the high priest, that he may sum the silver which is brought into the house of the Lord, which the keepers of the door have gathered of the people, and let them deliver it into the hand of the doers of the work that have the oversight of the house of the Lord, 
Let them give it to the doers of the work, which is in the house of the Lord. For what purpose? To repair the breaches of the house. I want to tell you, if I can, briefly, that the funds that are being taken up, and there has been no extra hoopla about the Thanksgiving offering. But we, you know, some of y'all are like me. We don't listen to the announcements. And uh, so we've had to remind everyone of November 20th is the day to give in the offering. It is the authority of the man of God to dictate where those finances are going to go. And just like the scripture, it's going to be delivered into the hands of them that are the overseers and are over the oversight of the house of the Lord in the regions round about. It is needed and God is using this body to further his word, to further his doctrine, to further the reach of salvation. And I know, like Sister Kimberly said, that we are at a time where it seems like we got to hold everything together. You have to be wise with your finances. But I want to encourage you in the Lord today that God is faithful. And everything that you give, every sacrifice that you make, do not let the enemy try to tell you, no, 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 hold back just a little bit. And let's just see, let's just see how you do. And maybe you can give extra in December. Maybe you can give extra sometime next year or give double in, in Thanksgiving offering next year. Don't wait on what God is calling you to sacrifice. There is a blessing in your life that is on hold until God sees. Are they willing to give up what they hold so dear to them? It's the Lord's. And it is going to the oversight of the house of the Lord. Verse 5, let them deliver it into the hand of the doers of the work that have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And let them give it to the doers of the work which is in the house of the Lord to repair the breaches of the house. Verse 6, son to carpenters and builders and masons and to buy timber and, and hoon stone to repair the house. Verse 7. We'll skip that one. It was there and it was given to repair the house. They needed to repair any gaps or leaks that may have popped up. Any cracks in the house of the Lord. There was some some energy and some effort that had to be put forward to do these repairs. Hilkiah, he's a high priest. And God gives the command through the king. King Josiah Seeking after God, 
wanting to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord, has purged everything else, has cleansed everything else. There's been a purification throughout the land. And now they get to the house of the Lord. And it's up under King Josiah's command that they take a further look at the house of the Lord. Because the high priest was there the whole time. Hilkiah, the high priest, he's not just any priest. He was the high priest. He was the chief of the priests. Scripture reads in 2 Kings, you don't have to turn here, I'm just going to reference it. 2 Kings 23 and 4. The king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest, and the priests of the second order, and the keepers of the door, to bring out of the temple those vessels that were made for the false gods, Baal, the grove, the host of heaven. It was up under King Josiah's command to the high priest, to the priests of the second order, that they began to do these things. Now understand that there obviously has to be, and we, we know this from inference, from what you read in the scriptures, of the Levites and the priesthood, there are different orders, and that term is specifically used in this passage, specific orders of the priests. Hilkiah was the high priest. He was the top dog. He was the head honcho. He knew better. He was overseeing everybody. So as they began, I feel the Holy Ghost, as they began to cleanse the temple, as they began to purify and to purge and to pull out those false images and idols and altars built to other gods, there he finds the book of the law of the Lord. What was Hilkiah doing this whole time? Because he had the oversight of the house of the Lord. He was the man in charge. So somewhere along the line, he lost the book of the law of the Lord. He let clutter get into his house. He allowed things to come in that shouldn't have been there. And somewhere in the midst of that debris, he lost the book of the law of the Lord. And when he begins to clean it out, what does he find? He found the book of the law of the Lord in the house of God where he should have had eyes on it from the very beginning. When he began to cleanse out the house, he found the book that God meant for him to know. We know that when it comes to living for God, you have to live for God first as an individual. And then you are living for God, the hope, the motive, the intent, the goal is to live for God with your family. And then... You should be living for God with your church family. 
got to be submitted to the man of God. And when you are living in your home, in every house, there is a high priest. The high priest of the home. You are responsible for your families. If you are single, then you should know who your head is. I know that I have Bishop as my authority. He is my covering. But there are things that in my home that he may never know about, but God sees. And so there is an accountability that I have to have with God and the man of God. But within those homes where there are families living, the high priest of the home is the father, the dad, the husband. The high priest of the home is responsible for what is getting in that house. If there are false images, false idols, if there are clutter that has come in, You have allowed some things into your house that should not be. And I believe you, you feel the unction of the Holy Ghost. And I know that the unction of the Holy Ghost was here Wednesday night. But the Lord is trying to reach you. You are the high priest of your home. And the commandment is coming to you. You are in charge of the souls that are in your house. And somewhere along the line, there has been the book of the law of God that has been lost. You have lost it amongst everything else that has gotten in there. In fact, you didn't even value it. You probably put it somewhere and you've forgotten where it's at. But through the grace and the mercy of God, through the voice of the man of God, our King Josiah has said, purify, cleanse, purge your house so that you can find the book of the law and you can bring it to life again. Your soul has got to be saved. We don't have time for you to play games here and at home. There are souls on the line in your family. Now it was up to Hilkiah to obey the commandment of King Josiah. And thank God he did. Thank God he did. Because it's only until they can clear out the house that they can start to repair the breaches. And thank God Hilkiah, when he found the book of the law, he went back to King Josiah and it was read and you can read this later on at King Josiah just about lost his mind. You can read about how they inquired at the word of a prophetess and God had grace and mercy on King Josiah, gave him an encouraging word 
said, because you have reacted like this, when you heard the book of the law, because you have humbled yourself, King Josiah, when you heard, you, you may not have even realized that that book had been lost. You may not have been familiar with all the contents of that book, but when you heard the book, when you heard the readings from that book of my law, there was a humbleness in your spirit. And you said, God, have mercy on me. And because of your reaction, I will preserve you. But everybody else, King Josiah, they will perish. I'm telling you, be careful. Make sure that you are reacting the right way. God is trying to reach you. And when you walk out from underneath the covering of the Lord, death can happen at any moment in time and you will not make it. You can do what you can to preserve everything that you got. So did the rich man. He built up all his storehouses. And he said, ah, look at me. Look what I've done for myself. I'm going to sit back and enjoy my life. And the Lord said, what a fool, because this night I will require his soul. There is nothing like living for God, even if you're living with need in your life. If you're living for God, everything's all right. You will be, you will be taken care of. You will be satisfied. You will be content. But don't you get lost in a world that tells you riches is where it's at and you lose your soul. You must hold yourself accountable to a man of God. You have to hold yourself accountable. There is a reason why there is authority in this house. Because sometimes from his vantage point, many times the Lord shows him things in our lives where we live where the Lord's like, I, I need you to, to just deal with it one more time because I'm trying to reach him. The word of God is precious. You must grab hold of it. It must be on the frontlets between your eyes. You've got to write it on the doorposts of your house. It has to be the foundation from which you live. If you react the right way, God will keep you. But if you don't, you will be lost. There is no gray area in living for the Lord. With my house, which I love my house, by the way. God blessed me with that house. And um, I like the, uh, the front. It's got... A little porch area, ain't nothing on that porch, but it's porch area, all the birds poop there. They get on my nerves. I don't like the birds. If I had a BB gun, fresh meat, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I've got a huge yard. It's um, 50% weeds. 
50, no, I'm just kidding. It's, it's done really good this year with the help of Bishop and the First Lady. <laughs> Bishop, I stand corrected. Sometimes he doesn't know. If I want him to do some work in the yard, I just let it go for a while and then, you know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Bishop. Anyway, God is good because it's cold, so it's not growing right now, so I don't have to cut it. Um, it's, it, it's relatively new. I think I got it in 2018. I think the, the great realtor, brother Mike Medlin and his wife helped me with it. Um, it's got this nice tile on the inside. In fact, they had to offer a different kind because the one that they had was back ordered and it would take a while to get in. The house was on the schedule to be done. And so they were like, we'll offer you this I think it's 18 by 18 tile, and it's a higher grade, and we'll give it to you for the same price, blah, 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 blah. I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. So, you know, very nice. And from what I recall, when I did the first walkthrough in the house, there were no cracks in the tile, from what I recall. I think it was earlier this year that I started seeing this crack at the front door and kind of spreading backwards. And um, you know, I was like, oh, interesting. Maybe I just missed it. And then I found a crack somewhere else in the tile, and it's porcelain tile. And um, so I was like, I don't know. So, you know, Bishop and First Lady came over one time, and they did something. And they, uh, Bishop and First Lady have very, very very fine eyes so they can see things. And um, so he was like, oh, look at this crack. And oh, my goodness. He was like, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with your foundation. And, um, you know, it kind of sits right back here. And you're kind of like, do you think or do you know? And so um, we got some wise advice from the prophet, and I'm not saying we need to go to these people and ask them to, you know, come and critique houses and all that stuff. Anyway, long story short, I ended up um, putting in a consult to have my foundation evaluated. Because at the very beginning, when I started out in the house, there was no cracks. There were no breaches in my foundation of my house. But over time, things happen. And it doesn't matter how well I took care of the house. It's just me there. And I pretty much stay in one or two rooms. I hardly ever go. I heard that, Bishop. He said the kitchen. <laughs> I'm going to be in your kitchen today. <laughs> I hardly ever go through the front door. And this crack is spreading from the front door back. I had went outside to look, and there was a crack in the concrete. And you could see the crack, and it met to right where the, the inside of the house, the crack started and spread back. And the thing is, sometimes when the weather changes, you actually can't see the crack at all. And then, you know... Texas weather changes and you can see the crack and it's like, oh my gosh, it's like this huge canal in my house. And, you know, I pulled the drama 
card like my sister does. And I'm just kidding. Anyway, ended up calling. So, you know, I had like, ah, oh, let me just see. I spoke to someone over the phone on my warranty. And she was like, listen, she was like, it doesn't sound like there's anything wrong. Um, it sounds like your foundation is okay. You'll actually start to see, and Bishop has said the same thing, you'll actually start to see things in your, like the walls of your house when you, you start having foundation problems. And um, that can be a clue. You know, you're having trouble with your doors, closing windows. You see cracks in the walls and all that stuff. I didn't see any of that. It's just the crack in the tile. And, but then that crack on the outside and the concrete leading up to the, um, the house was like, oh, Jesus, you know. So... The lady was like, well, if you're going to have this kind of niggling in the back of your mind, why don't you just go ahead and just um, have us put an order in and we'll have someone um, who's an expert in these things come out and evaluate your house. And so this guy came out and he evaluated the house and he showed me the numbers. He was like, everything's fine. He's like, your foundation is good. This does happen with just the natural wear and tear and how the weather shifts and, and the climate and all this stuff. And so I was relieved that there was nothing wrong with the foundation of my house, meaning it was only a couple years old. But if I had let that continue and not get it checked and say there was something wrong and I start to see cracks in the walls, and I'm starting to have issues with, with the doors and the windows. My, my safety is at issue. Let alone the fact that anything could probably destroy the house. Some crazy storm come through. We do get, like, tornado stuff out there in Hooterville, Floresville. And so something with the weather could could rock the house in a way that it shouldn't because I did not take care of the foundation or get it evaluated when I should have. And this is happening right now in the spirit. God is calling you to check your foundation. There has been cracks that have developed over time and they've started to widen and they've started to spread and there's been a deeper problem that is trying to tell you is there and now you've got it going up to the walls of your house and any type of storm can break your wall down and God is saying let my man come in and show you what you need to fix and repair every breach that you see you've got to repair the breaches in your house you can stand all over the building Just going to reference this, Mark 9, 43. That's the scripture that talks about if your hand offends you, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell. A fire that's never going to be quenched. If your hand offend you, if it, if it will entice you to sin, if it's going to trip you up, you need to cut it off. And there are things that you can do right now, young people, right now, families. If there's someone that is, is not living right, not living according to the book of the law, you've got to make up your mind today. I am going to remove every idol. I'm going to make up my mind and repair the breaches because God is coming back 
soon and your soul is going to be required. Cut your hand off if you have to. Pluck your eye out if you have to. Jeremiah 2, 13. I'm going to read this to you and we're going to pray. We won't even get into the responsibilities of the man of God. It's the responsibilities of the overseers, the priests, whoever that is standing before you up under the authority of this apostle to preach the word of the Lord. And I will tell you that it may not be comfortable for me, but I am telling you that God is trying to reach you. And it is my responsibility to hear from him and to deliver what he has given because your soul is on the line. There is a balance and you're tipping over on the wrong side and you've got to fix it. Jeremiah 2.13 reads, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hooed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no waters. You cannot leave your first love. You've got to seek God. You've got to pursue him. And if you have forsaken him, then every water source that you have tried to put together by your ability, you will get no sustenance from it. Two evils God's people committed. They forsook him. He was the fountain of living waters. And then they builded themselves out cisterns. They put all their effort, all their energy into creating what they could that would be pleasing to them and that could do what they thought would do the job to hold the water that they were providing. The Lord is saying, it's broken cisterns. It can't even hold water. Everything that you do, your effort, your plans, that you are building. You'll put all your effort, your energy into that, but you won't put it into coming into the house of the Lord. You won't put it into praying and pushing yourself in corporate prayer. And the Lord says it's all for naught. They're broken cisterns. And you will get nothing from it. The Lord is reaching for you today. God is asking us, and I'm checking myself, church family, I have to because it does not matter how good you think your foundation is. Over time, there can be one little crack that develops and the enemy will take it and exploit it as the man of God said. And so I'm asking you today to check your hearts. Young people, I'm asking you to evaluate yourselves. Look at your environment because God is trying to reach you. There is a life preserver that has been thrown out. It was thrown out on Wednesday night. It's gonna continue to be thrown out. But I think someone came in with a mindset, we're past Wednesday. I don't have to sit through that and be uncomfortable. And God says, oh no, I'm still reaching for you and so my grace and mercy will remind you of what I said on Wednesday night and I will try one more time can you lift up your hands all over the building